From Bumble Australia and Shameless Media, this is Love Etc. When my love takes me home, it's one of five in a 30 mile zone. friend in a kind of shitty relationship and you don't know what to do about it or have you told a friend before that their relationship isn't what they deserve welcome to love etc where your hosts michelle andrews and zara mcdonald Hello, you're listening to Love Etc., a podcast by Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move. Today, we're talking about your friend's crappy relationship. You know, the kind that might not be completely toxic, but that makes them unhappy, that makes you feel like they're settling and makes you wonder if you should ever say something to them about it. After all, is it your place to tell your friend their relationship isn't what it should be? We decided to pursue this topic thanks to one very lost listener, Jess, who wrote to us via email a couple of weeks ago. She said she had a bit of a pickle and wanted some help on it. So we asked our producer, Annabelle, to read out Jess's predicament for us. Here it is. Dear Mish, Zara and Love Etc. I'm reaching out hoping that you could release an episode about a predicament I've found myself in. I've been best friends with a girl called Hillary for over a decade now. We met in high school and have been a big part of each other's lives ever since. We've gone through a lot together. We've gone through heartbreak, helped each other grieve loved ones who have passed away, graduated university together and celebrated new relationships. I am in a happy long-term relationship and have been for three years now. Hillary, on the other hand, has tended to jump from shitty person to shitty person. Hillary is gay and has always given all of herself to the women she dates. At the beginning of this year, she began dating Simone. She told me from the get-go that she didn't think they were very compatible and that there were some red flags, particularly when it came to their respective lifestyles, but nonetheless started dating Simone exclusively relatively soon after. Fast forward to now and Hillary and Simone are living together and are, from my point of view, deeply unhappy. No matter how hard Hillary tries to prove to me that their relationship is right, she texts me whenever Simone does something remotely kind or considerate. I just know in my heart that something is wrong between them. To give you an idea of what's going on here, Simone is completely lazy around the house when it comes to household chores, she's terrible with money and is a drain on Hillary's finances. She's rude to all of Hillary's friends when we come around to visit, she's emotionally distant and has a bizarre and continuing channel of communication with her recent ex for no reason. She puts no effort in with Hillary and completely shuts down whenever they have an argument. Sometimes she'll go half a week without saying a word to Hillary at all. Hillary, on the other hand, leaves no stone unturned to salvage their relationship. She plans elaborate dates and gifts. She gushes over Simone at every opportunity. She is doting and loving and caring to the nth degree. I can see my friend struggling. She cries about their relationship regularly and has occasionally floated the idea that they should break up to me. Only, in the past, when I've pointed out the issues that I think need resolving between them, Hillary gets frustrated and accuses me of being snobby about my relationship being superior to hers, or says that I'm being condescending or acting like I have it all figured out. I hate seeing my friend settle for someone awful who doesn't deserve her, but I'm at a loss as to how I should communicate any of this to her without damaging our friendship in the process. What the hell should I do? Jess.
Mish, I mean, we're going to unpack this letter because it was Mm. the topic that sparked a conversation between us where we decided we should definitely explore this in an episode. But I think an overarching point about this episode is some quick context. I don't think we're talking about super toxic relationships today. No. I think we're talking about the kind of relationship that may not be completely healthy or your friend may not be completely happy, but not abusive. Yeah, I think it's that line of if you're worried for your friend's safety, if you think your friend might be in an emotionally, physically, financially abusive relationship, then that is a different kettle of fish and absolutely we would advise that you would follow 1800 respect guidelines. We would absolutely advise you speak to an expert in the field and that you definitely take action to protect your friend's safety. In this instance though, we are talking about those relationships that aren't the best in the way that your friend isn't happy and you can tell they're not happy. Yeah. And so when Jess got in touch with us and said, look, I'm looking at my friend Hillary. She's dating this woman, Simone. Yes, obviously names have been changed (laughs) and I don't know what to do about it. It did make me think this is the kind of relationship that a lot of people would see in their own lives. Mm. I mean, a lot of people, and we'll get to this a bit later, Mish, have got friends in unhappy relationships. And the crux of this letter to me is it very much seems like, Jess, your friend is hinting that they aren't happy. And that's the kind of relationship we want to talk about. Mm. I think the thing that gets me is this is where the line gets really hard because there's a difference I think between having a friend in a relationship that you personally don't think is enough and a friend in a relationship who seems like they are becoming a bit of a shell of who they are because at the end of the day just because you think your friend isn't in the world's best relationship isn't really your business but if your friend is starting to seem actively unhappy what the hell do you do about that? Yeah I think that is such a good distinction to make just because it doesn't fit your idea of what a happy relationship looks like doesn't mean the relationship itself needs fixing or needs to be ended. I mean, all of us have different love languages. We all express and feel love in such different ways. But what got to me about this letter from Jess is that Hillary has told her she's unhappy. Hillary has told her she's thinking of breaking up with Simone. And I think that gives Jess a license to intervene. But then there's the layer of Jess potentially coming across as condescending. And I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to when it comes to their friends' relationship dilemmas, that you don't want to seem like you have it all figured out. You don't want to seem like you are the purveyor of ultimate relationship advice and that you are kind of standing in your ivory tower, looking down at all the shitty relationships below you and pointing a finger. It's very much that like saying of, don't throw is it don't throw stones in glass houses or people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones and I think a lot of people in this instance throw out that kind of rhetoric because it's like well your relationship isn't perfect so how can you come to me and tell me mine isn't but this isn't about imperfect relationships all of our relationships are imperfect I don't think anyone could point to one that's perfect but it's about relationships that are bad enough to stifle your friend and stifle her growth. I think that's definitely it. It's like, is it filling their cup or draining their cup? Like, Mm. is their cup empty when they're around this person or is it full? Are they the best version of themselves or are they not? Mm. And I think you're right. When Jess is coming to us with this predicament where she's saying, well, I'm in a really happy relationship – What happens when you're in a really happy relationship and you do want to broach this with a friend is that you absolutely run the risk of looking condescending or sounding condescending. And I think if you are trying to give this advice when you're in a relationship yourself and what appears to be a very happy relationship, you have to be really careful to not come across as smug. That said though, Mish, 
I think even if the person who's giving this advice or offering this opinion, even if they're single, there is also the risk that someone can assume you might be bitter or Mm. want them to be single with you. So I think the first thing before any conversation ever happens is to be cognizant of both of those facts and to be very self-aware walking into this conversation. Mm, I would say the very first step, I mean, we're going to put our agony aunt hats on for a little second here, Zara, because I think it's important to address what we personally would do in the situation. If this was me, I would try to frame it all about Hillary and Hillary's happiness and how full that cup is that you just touched on before. So instead of sitting her down and saying, God, Simone is X, Y, Z. Simone doesn't treat you the way you should be treated. Simone isn't emotionally available. Simone shouldn't text her ex. I think it should be flipped. And the question to begin the conversation should be as light and as soft as Hillary, you don't seem like yourself lately. Is everything okay? I think if you begin with Hillary and her fulfillment and her state of mind as your first priority and really your only priority, it's a much gentler way to kind of step into quite choppy waters than to begin with Simone as Simone being the problem. The problem is Hillary's not happy. How do we make Hillary happy again? Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly because I think what people have found time and time again when anyone has broached these conversations in the past is what you almost always get is a bit of defensiveness, which is very, very natural. If this is the person that you love, and even if you aren't the happiest version of yourself in that moment, often you aren't attributing that unhappiness to your partner. You think that's the one thing that is keeping you afloat. And of course, you're going to be defensive about that and you're not going to be as receptive. I mean, there's a couple of factors in this letter that I wanted to touch on with you, Mish, because there was a line that Jess wrote to us where she said that... They are lazy. And I do genuinely wonder, does that matter? I mean, sure, it's not the sexiest thing to have in a partner, Mm. but is that really impinging on you or is that really your business? I mean, I wonder if Hillary would speak to this for us. I wish that she was almost sitting next to us. What I would say, though, is that if this wasn't a same-sex relationship, say Simone was a man, if I read that my friend was living with a man who was completely lazy around the house, did nothing to support her and that all that load was on her... I would say, hell yes, that matters in the context of their relationship because he's not showing respect for her. He is acting like she should be taking care of everything and that those tasks are somehow beneath him, but they're not beneath her. Just because they're in a same-sex relationship, I don't think that negates that kind of argument. I think Simone should be pulling her weight. It sounds like she basically doesn't do anything. She's a bit of a lump and she just sucks (laughs) up Hillary's energy. Okay, I I absolutely agree with you, right? I think it's a respect thing. My question is not so much, is that the ideal life partner? Mm. My question is, is that worthy of a conversation? Like, Mm. is that worthy enough of you going to your friend, Hillary, and saying, you know what, these are my issues? Because that actually doesn't have anything to do with you. Mm. I think the issue that has something to do with you, or I Jess in this case, is the point she made about them lacking comm skills Mm. and fighting a lot. And that when they do fight a lot, Simone tends to pull back a bit and ignore her for the better part of a week. And what made me think about that is, well, is this actually draining Jess as a friend? Because is she the one that Hillary is turning to when these fights are happening and saying, these are all the things going on in my life and kind of dumping on Jess. Because Mm. if that's the case, then Jess is actually directly affected by the conflict and their inability to resolve it. 
Wow. I don't even know what to say to that. You've just read that so well. Oh, thanks. But it's true. I think you're right. I think if she's having to go outside of the relationship to unload onto her friends, then it is kind of causing this ripple effect around everyone else in Hillary's life. And again, I'll bring it back to happiness. I think it's important that if Jess was going to have a conversation with Hillary about this, instead of saying, I think you should leave the relationship, you need to be single right now, the conversation needs to be, how can we make you happier? How can we brighten your day where you don't feel so heavy because I think that's what you see in your friends you see your friends when they're in bad relationships walking around with a weight on their shoulders and I've got a loved one who left a relationship recently and almost instantaneously you could tell that she was lighter on her feet her whole disposition was lighter and I don't think she would have ever predicted that but I think there's this real release when you find yourself free from a bad relationship that people probably don't predict I think for Jess it's a question of bolstering Hillary's confidence yeah. it's about saying you're incredible you're amazing you don't deserve to feel like this you should be emboldened you should be strong and also I think speaking whenever it does come up speaking about the concept of being single in a really positive empowering light I think so often we speak about the prospect of being single in quite a ridiculous downtrodden way like it's the worst case scenario when in reality some of the people in my life who are single have gotten to know themselves and have flourished better than most of the people in relationships and I think that vernacular about singledom is really important right now. I think that's so bang on it's like we always assume that being single is worst case scenario when I would argue that if you're not the best version of yourself in a relationship then that's actually worst case scenario because you are actively being stifled like something in this relationship is stifling you I think there's this weird assumption that being in an unhappy relationship is better than being single and I've looked around at some of my friends like you just said who are far happier once a bad relationship ends than they ever felt when they were in it and I don't think we ever hear that enough it's like you don't have to bang your head against a wall for weeks and months and years trying to make this work when in reality getting out of it and kind of working on yourself for a couple of months might be all you need to get to that level of happiness you've always been seeking. Mm. Do you think it's ever helpful as well? I wonder if I was Jess, if I'd be trying to remind Hillary of who she was before this relationship. Like that person that Hillary was that made her special, that made her happy, that made her sparkle in a room. I wonder if there's a way that Jess could remind her of that Hillary and try and tap back into that person. Because I think sometimes if you're in a bad relationship, you literally get lost in yourself and you forget yourself and you lose yourself. And I think it would be helpful in whatever way possible whether that's even fucking tagging Hillary in photos where she was amazing and living her best life and just reminding her of those happy memories to tell her subtly a story that there is a life that she can live that she can tap back into that doesn't necessarily mean Simone is by her side Coming up after the break, we asked you guys, do you have friends in shitty relationships? And boy, did you respond. But first, it's time for a Bumble break. Zara, did you know that the coronavirus pandemic has actually changed the dating game? According to Bumble's intimacy in a pandemic report from December 2020, 30% of Bumble users have changed what they are seeking in a partner as a result of COVID-19. That is right, Mish. More people are now seeking deep, lasting connection over casual hookups with 54% wanting a long-term relationship. Even better, two-thirds of single Aussies felt that dating virtually in 2020 gave them more confidence because the pressure wasn't quite so high. 
Speaking of confidence and Bumble users improving their relationships with themselves, one in five Aussies reported enjoying more self-love, which meant an 18% increase in people being physically intimate with themselves. Hillary, if you're listening, this one's for you. Mm. Whatever you guys can do to pass the time in the pandemic, we are right on board with. Sign up to Bumble today and make the first move. One app, three modes, one mission. Zara, we decided to actually poll the listeners. We did a survey with hundreds, I think it was 500 Love Etc. listeners about how they have felt in the past when their friends have been in crappy relationships. And the results painted a pretty clear picture. Yeah. So the first question we asked in this survey was, do you currently have a friend in an unhappy relationship? 98.75% wow. of Love Etc. listeners say they have a friend in an unhappy relationship. And look, Michelle, may I be bold to just round that up to 99%? Do it. Do it. I mean, that number is wild. Almost every it's single huge. person listening to this knows or has a friend who is unhappy right now. So I'm so happy we're finally doing this episode. I feel like it came to us later in the game of doing Love Etc. But clearly this is something that people are wrangling with every single day. Yeah. And the other thing we asked people who were responding to this survey was, well, okay, you've got a friend in an unhappy relationship. Are you telling them about it? Are you raising it with them? 60% said they'd raised it. 30% think it's not their place. And a further 7% said they haven't yet but intend to in the future. So the vast majority, I would say nearly 70% either have raised it or intend to raise it, which I was a bit surprised by because I think, I don't. if I was to answer that question, I think it would depend on how bad it was, I guess. But I think I would probably veer on the side of never saying anything explicitly. Same. Yeah. I was so shocked to see that 70% or 69% of listeners have raised it or plan on raising it because in myself... I don't know, across my life, I've kind of veered on the side of caution that I've sometimes thought, well, I don't know the full picture. Maybe they like to vent about their relationship, but they don't come to us with all the good stuff. And therefore, I don't want to cast judgment. I've kind of felt that if I went to a friend about a bad relationship they're in, that's me casting judgment. Again, a reminder, if it was an abusive relationship, it'd be a completely different story. But as far as me going to a friend and saying, you deserve better... It just feels so risky. It really does feel like the chances of them taking my side compared to them taking the side of the person they're madly in love with is so slim. Well, you've got to point to something tangible, right? You can't just turn around to a friend and say, well, I'm just not sure you're getting what you deserve or I'm Mm. not sure they're good enough for you because it's very likely your friend will then turn around and say, but you don't know the whole story. And I think that's why I agree with you. I think when I've thought about it in the past, I've thought there's so much I don't know. And Mm. it is true. I think we need to be careful when we are talking about our partners, if we have them, that you're not always venting the the bad stuff, Mm. that you are sharing the occasional good story too, so that your friends don't have like this warped perception of who you may be dating. I mean, a few other stats in this survey, Mish, that I found very, very interesting. Another question we asked was, would you find it helpful if a friend raised concerns with you about your own relationship? And when we drafted that question I said to you I reckon everyone's gonna click no I reckon nobody wants to hear it 10% said no Mm. only 10% said they didn't want to hear anything that it wasn't their friend's place to say anything 72% said they were neutral on the whole thing i.e curious to hear what their friends have to say about their relationship and a further 17% said yep 
It's helpful. Tell me it all. So almost 90% of listeners are either interested or actively, I guess, keen to hear what their friends have to say. I am so surprised by this. And I also want to point to what I see as something that's quite incongruous between that attitude of, yeah, I'm curious, I'm open-minded, tell me what you think about my relationship and the reality. Because while people, I think, love to think that they would be open-minded and love to imagine a world where they would be receptive to feedback about their romantic relationship. Our final question was asking for actual stories, asking for actual anecdotes on how that advice and how that feedback was received. And I've got to say, I mean, it's anecdotal, but from the hundreds of responses we received from the listeners, I would say 95 to 100% of those responses had a negative outcome. Maybe we all think, yes, I'd be open-minded. Yes, I'm curious. Yes, I'm interested to hear your feedback. But in real life, when we get that feedback, our instantaneous response is to get defensive and sometimes get a little bit nasty as well. Yeah, I think the defensiveness we've already touched on is completely natural. The nastiness can probably, you know, (laughs) be mellowed a little bit. There are a couple of really, really great examples, Mish, that I wanted to touch on. Someone wrote in, I find it's only best to raise it when they're discussing an issue or a fight they've had. However, you don't want to go too hard too fast because you don't want them to feel isolated if they go back to them. It's a tricky line to navigate Mm. I think this is so bang on I think in many cases they have to open the door for you Mm -hmm. and even then I think you need to kind of slowly lead them down a path guide them there but not force them there so many of these responses as you said Mish said that their friendships broke down because they went a bit too hard too fast and as we say people just end up shutting down and and also shutting you out of their life and out of their stories about their partner in the future mm. i found what one thing that's very helpful is to kind of ask leading questions back to them or rephrase sentences that they've told you back to them being Mm. like you've said this to me and I think when it comes out of someone else's mouth they probably start to think yeah when it's coming out of someone else's mouth that really doesn't sound like something I want to be a part of. Yeah absolutely I mean you touched on then that friendships might capitulate but one family relationship really Really? took me by surprise in our responses as well this listener wrote in and said my brother has been in a crappy relationship for just over a year now when I attempted to have an open conversation with him about it he resisted and eventually stopped talking to me altogether for the first nine months of his relationship I hardly saw him and really felt the impact of losing someone I cared so deeply for Recently, I've tried really hard to accept his relationship, even though I believe he would be much happier if he left it. Though I still believe his relationship is toxic, I have my brother back because I decided it was too saddening not to have him in my life at all. I will Mm. remain quiet. I think this is the unfortunate reality that when you get yourself into a romantic relationship, you have those excited feelings, you develop such a deep, personal, intimate connection with someone unfortunately those on the periphery can become the enemy if they try and take shots at that bond that you've just built and I really feel for this listener because I think with your brother or with your siblings it's kind of impossible to really get through to them sometimes they just think well you're jealous well you don't want the best for me but in this case yeah I don't even have a solution for that now that's so hard and well I think it's the lesser of two evils surely you'd rather him in your life than not Mm. you know there was another one that really piqued my interest too Mish it was space for the conversation only arose when my friend was drunk and being open and honest about the serious flaws in her relationship myself and two other close friends implored her to leave and she acknowledged that she should and knew she deserved better that was two years ago and she is still with her partner and we've never had an open conversation about it since 
as hard as it is to say, I actually think that's probably the right thing to do. It's probably important to have that one conversation to say what you think. And if it doesn't get through, like there is no doubt that friend remembers that conversation. Mm. Like it's not like you're going to forget something like that. And she's clearly made a decision to stay. And I actually am not sure if it's your place to raise it again. If you've had a pretty frank conversation, albeit drunk, but it's probably about as frank as you're going to get and nothing's happened. Well, I'm not sure what else you can do. Yeah, I actually think it's crucial to the friendship that you know when to leave it. You know when you've said your piece and it's time to shut up and just get on with things. I think if you consistently badger someone and tell them that their relationship is wrong, the risk you run is them cutting you out altogether or in a more subtle way, not going to you anymore when they have an issue. I think it definitely happens where some people feel that initial judgment. They feel that feedback coming and it's negative and they decide, okay, well, the next time something happens in my relationship that's bad, I'm not going to tell anyone. And I feel like that's even more dangerous. You need to have people around you to kind of talk about this stuff with, to unload onto. And if people start internalizing everything toxic happening in their relationship, things can get abusive. So I think it's almost your duty as a friend to kind of suck up your ego a little bit and just kind of toughen it up and say, okay, well, I'm going to try and be as non-judgmental and non-critical as possible. I will give the advice I'm going to give, but I will always have my friend's happiness at the center of everything, not her partner that I happen to not like. Yeah. And I think it's also a case of always coming back to this question of, am I raising this for me or am I raising it for them? Because is this coming back to what we said at the very start, something that's in you? Like, is it a bias that you have inside you that maybe it's just not a relationship that you want, but at the end of the day, it might be one that they want. There was an absolutely classic one from a listener who wrote in as well, Mish, who said she broke up with him because multiple friends had voiced concern. And then two months later, they got back together. I tried to be supportive and ended up saying terrible things about him. And now that they're back together, it's extremely awkward. I mean, if this isn't not the cardinal rule of any friend dating anyone is don't badmouth an ex. I think it was one of the first pieces of advice my mum might've ever given me being like, if any of your friends break up, don't say anything. Don't say anything that's especially personal. Say that, yes, maybe they weren't the happiest self. Say, yes, maybe this experience now allows them to have many different priorities and a new lease on life, but don't get personal about the ex because two things can happen. Firstly, they can get back together. But even if they don't get back together, I think there's a sense of like, that is still someone that I spent three years with, or Mm -hmm. that is still someone that I spent six months with. And even though you're not saying this about me, you're still saying that about a partner that I invested in for that amount of time. And I feel personally attached to that criticism. I don't think anyone does it. You know what it is? It's kind of like, I'm allowed to talk shit about this person. I'm allowed to complain about them. But as soon as someone else does, you get your back up. You're like, hang on, that's my person that I can critique. Like you don't know them to the level I do. Absolutely not. And I'm going to be protective over them. I loved one listener who wrote in who's actually had people come to her and tell her her relationship is bad. She wrote, I was this person and my friends and family didn't like my boyfriend or my relationship and it was honestly so shit. It just makes you feel like you can't talk to anyone and you have to constantly defend the person you love. Unless a relationship is abusive, I think people need to just be supportive and express concern without ever bashing who they think is a shitty partner. At the end of the day, their loved one, i.e. me, cares about their partner and is deeply in love with them and will hopefully figure out any problems that arise in their own time. My partner and I figured out our own issues, but some people to this day still make comments about how shit he was and it still really upsets me. Fuck. I mean, I think 
it's so important hearing from someone like that mm. because I think she's absolutely right. She didn't say never, ever raise it with me, but say it once, say it gently and then move on, which I think seems to be the theme of the conversation we're having. Mm. Be gentle, say something, move on. I mean, there was one happy story that I read, which was she was in a toxic relationship and I told her as much, which resulted in years of not talking for us. They broke up and she saw how horrible the relationship was and we made up. Now I'm going to be bridesmaid in her wedding to a new, Aww. much better partner. I think it's also a case of perhaps not all hope is always lost. Like just because you may be listening to this and have already had a conversation with a friend and it may not have gone down too well doesn't mean that relationship is fractured forever. I do think there is always hope, but I do think it always means that the friend needs to get to this point themselves. And Mm. I think that will always be the case. You can kind of lead them down the garden path, but you can't pull them. Yeah, exactly. I've got another positive one, which is very short and snappy. This listener wrote, she left him two days later. I helped her move out. I think (laughs) that isn't a confusing (laughs) message to land on. I think everything though comes back to the right messaging, the right framing of the situation. It's all about going gently, not hammering them with the same negative messaging about the person they love it's all framing it as you are concerned about them you want to prioritize them you love and you care for them at the end of the day I think a lot of us will have experienced the opposite side of this coin and we've probably lost friendships or damaged friendships in the process but I certainly know that in the future if this ever arises for me and if I'm ever worried about a friend's partner not treating them the best I will absolutely be very careful with when and how I approach that Love Etc. is a production from Shameless Media. To support the show, please click subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. Sign up to Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move towards friendship, professional and romantic relationships. We will see you guys next Friday.